the end of 2021, and I think I may have found the headline of the year. We're going to give out some awards today. We're going to talk police. We're going to talk Miss Maxwell the Pimp. Guilty on five of six counts. Of course, we'll get into gold, dollar, cryptos, energy, bond market, volatility, my ranting and raving, Nick's smart, intelligent takes on everything. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. Nick, this is episode 150 of Bizarro World, the awards edition. How in the heck are you, sir? I'm doing good. You keep saying my takes are smart. I keep hoping to deliver a smart take. We'll see how it goes. Hey, let's get right into it. Gold closed the year out. Again, right? I feel like I should have 20s and singles out at all times because it's been a bit of a tease, but it closed out pretty strong. Closed at 1815. Silver managed to break above the $23 level. Copper looks strong at 437. Zinc closed the year at 162. The dollar closed just a tad under 96. Thoughts on the end of the year and the price action that we saw in the commodity space? I mean, what a fantastic uh, year for commodities uh, across the board, really a, a bit of softness in the end of the year as we had strength in the uh, dollar. I think that um, when you pull back a little bit and, and pull out of the granularity of the day to day, you have a lot of uh, commodities, uh, metals, softs and otherwise. Uh, that are at historically uh, elevated prices that still have significant uh, fundamentals driving them as uh, far as demand is concerned um, and significant uh, apply constraints uh, when it comes to um, the reserves and the, the sheer amount of uh, new mines and supply that has to come online to uh, meet that demand. So, um, and uh, turning to gold, I guess, um, a bit of defensiveness in the market, which I was talking about last week, is continuing to develop. I was mentioning that uh, gold was strong. We were talking about it at 1800 and I've seen the utilities start to perk up a little bit. Um, the stock market had an, an absolute monster close to the end of the, the year. Santa Claus uh, came in a big way. And um, I think people are getting a little cautious considering that uh, stocks remain at all time. Uh, Highs are interested to see how this uh, inflation uh, shapes up and um, I'll shut my mouth at this point, but uh, commodities look uh, good headed into 2022. And uh, if I mention the equities for one second, um, you know, uh, they look like they want to be buoyant as well uh, here in the end of the year. Cryptos, got to get that take on cryptos. Bitcoin closed at 47, ETH 3,700. Um, I know you and I, at the very least, uh, I believe that 2022 is going to be the year where we realize, just like the stock market, that this latest pullback was exactly just that, a pullback within a secular bull market. Thoughts there, Nick? No, you got it. Um, uh, bright future still ahead for uh, cryptocurrencies. More and more people are uh, understanding it. I I've said that a lot, and um, it just continues to... Uh, get entrenched. We're, can, we're seeing more people uh, understand the, the utility of it um, and the, the broad nature of it, right? Uh, well beyond uh, Bitcoin and, and Ether now into 
um, all sorts of uh, coins and uh, or, or projects as they are, Gerardo, as they're referred to, right? And the communities behind them, which is interesting because that's how you look at um, small stocks as well as the, the people that are involved. And so, and now you got this whole um, the metaverse, which was a big theme in 2021 and isn't going away and, and Web3, which all the billionaires are um, arguing about, which... Uh, our own Chris Curl was covering this week. So we're keeping tabs on it. It's uh, not going away. It is, of course, a, a volatile space, but um, hodling, as they say. And um, you can look for uh, crypto cycle to launch in January, come hell or high water. Is Web3 like the new fun thing that petty billionaires are going to argue about, right? We had the whole like early in the year thing where everybody wanted to go to space and everybody's like, you know, building their own spaceships and taking their own cruises. And it seems like they're past that. And now they're like, okay, Web3 is the, 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 the second coming of, you know, the, the, the internet. And other people are saying, this thing's a fraud. It's not decentralized anything. It's just owned by different puppet masters, right? Well, once you own the earth and you've uh, traveled into the uh, universe, then you've got to go to uh, infinity and beyond, which in this case is the uh, metaverse. And that's what they're arguing about, right? Who owns it? Is it truly going to be the next iteration of the web? Um, um, You know, decentralized ownership where you own your data and control it, um, you know, secured and and tracked by the uh, blockchain. Um, and, and that's what they're, that's what some of them are saying, right? Elon and Jack Dorsey and others are going back and forth about exactly what you just pointed out. Um, do, uh, the VCs, uh, already own it because they're, uh, seeding the, the, the companies that are building it. And at the end of the day, um, I saw a, a pretty smart interview with the, the Google CER, what's his name? Um, Pitchar. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, he was saying, you know, it's it's sort of a moot argument, right? It's just uh, the next iteration of uh, development, right? Uh, you know, no one quote unquote owns it like uh, no one, you know, relatively owns the Internet. I mean, there's big dominating forces, sure, but um, all the players are going to be at the uh, the table, right? The the fangs and um, and and others. And so. Um, I'm not sure that arguing about who owns the metaverse is the um, right focus to have. Uh, the focus for me is, of course, how to profit from it. Hmm. You know what else isn't going away? <laughs> Omicron. <laughs> Omicron's not going away anytime soon, apparently. And the CDC has kind of tapped out and basically said, just do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> Did you see the guideline change this week and uh, Fauci and Dr. Fauci and everybody else, uh, you know, trying to explain away uh, why we went from 10 days of isolation to five days of isolation to, again, just do whatever the fuck you want, right? I did. There's a lot of uh, backpedaling (laughs) and, um, you know, we talked about when the CDC said the science was clear about, um, you know, not having to wear a masks and then we had to wear masks again. And so they've already <laughs> waffled. They've already waffled a lot. And of course, um, Omicron has uh, brought to light uh, a lot of things, right? I mean, all the vaccinated people are getting uh, infected now. Um, you know, there's tapes going around of, of, of 
people like Maddow that, you know, recorded saying that, you know, once you get vaccinated, you cannot spread the virus. Like you don't become a host for the virus and that's how we're going to beat this thing. And, it, you know, it just turns out to be literally 100% untrue. Right. And so um, a, a turning point in a couple of ways. Let me drill down on that. Uh, let's talk about the medical side first. Um, drill, baby, drill. Yeah, drill, baby, drill down on Omicron. <laughs> and we'll get the drill results in a little bit, I'm sure. Um, no, everyone's getting this thing, right? I told you yep. a couple of weeks ago that I had it and would have bet that it was that variant. And so um, I think it's making people realize that um, we're going to have to live with this thing, um, that a lot of people are going to get it, even if you're vaccinated and boosted, and that um, the measures that we're taking – uh, lockdowns and, and otherwise are not futile, um, but um, haven't done uh, much to stop the spread if everyone is getting it, right? And so uh, you're seeing a lot of pushback uh, against those things. I think the other thing it's uh, bringing to light is that um, you don't die if you're if you're vaccinated, right? The, the, the symptoms are much less and we're seeing charts now about, you know, the deaths per 100,000 people since vaccines were available. And, you know, the deaths are just simply much less in the, the states that have a higher vaccination percentage. And so um, and the other thing is, even if you uh, don't believe in uh, vaccines, you know, you, you're going to get this Omicron. And so one way or another, people are going to get antibodies in their system and this could help us get uh, past it. Um a lot to talk about here, Jordan. Sorry, jump in at any time. Um, what else? Um, interesting to see that uh, China's vaccine is is not performing well against um, Omicron. I thought that was uh, a bit ironic. And um, what else? Um, I think people are just ready to get back to it. So, and then you got to turn to this whole science is clear, uh, banning of accounts. Um, and all that, right? Because it turns out that none of it was clear. Um, a lot of the questions that were raised were valid um, and have turned out to be true. Uh, I saw someone say that, you know, uh, the time from conspiracy theory to proving it true is like, um, you know, getting shorter and shorter and shorter during COVID, right? <laughs> um, and so um, I, I guess those are my broad thoughts on uh, Omicron. You know, I, I don't continue to, to like the way governments are handling this, including um, our own. You know, they're starting to float the, this week the idea of uh, um, you can't fly if you're not vaccinated. Right. And so uh, I, I don't like the, the control that they're going for with uh, this virus. And of course, that's what governments do. So um, and people are starting to get more vocal about that. So that's good to see. Um, what, what are your thoughts? No, look, I like the pushback to the information that the government releases because anybody that knows me knows I'm skeptical of most things that the government, you know, mandates or puts out. And, and we should always ask the questions and we should absolutely not be banning people from asking the questions and, and presenting the research and letting people make their own minds up. I think, you know, something that, that that's kind of been lost in, 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 you know, the last year and a half of dealing with the different variants of COVID is, is, is a point that Joe Rogan actually made this past week when he talked about, you know, if, 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 if you're overweight, if you're obese, if you're unhealthy, um, 
COVID or not, you should be working very diligently to get your diet and your exercise and 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 your health under control. Because guess what, everyone? This isn't going to be the last pandemic that we see in our lifetime. I think, unfortunately, we're coming into an era where we're going to see more and more of these things pop up. And, you know, for, for, for everybody that can take some extra time to exercise, to eat a little better, um, to cut down on some of the things that maybe aren't the healthiest for us. It's good regardless of whether we're in a pandemic or not. Um, so I, I'd say, you know, going into the new year, I, I, I think that's something that, you know, everybody should incorporate into their lifestyle as much as possible is just better eating, better exercise, better taking care of ourselves. Um, you know, on, on, on the government end, you know, I can't help the capitalist in me understands why they took the 10-day isolation quarantine recommendation down to five, right? If, if, if you look at the fact that, you know, airline CEOs were in the White House the week before um, this came down, eh, tinfoil hat or not, call it a conspiracy theory. I don't think they were there just to talk about business. I think they were there to talk about, you know, policy, um, which which I guess is business for them. But I, I, I got to believe that the CEOs of major airlines um, – pitching the White House had an effect on how the policy um, was framed and explained and why the backpedaling happens. But again, I haven't been happy with anything government has done from our justice system, criminal justice system, to the way that we've handled COVID, to the way that we've handled monetary policy, to the way that we've handled fiscal policy. I could go on and on. I have all year long. I have for the past 149 episodes. So I think by now people get the picture, but I wasn't surprised that the CDC backpedaled. And I think at the end of the day, whatever you believe about vaccinations and how effective they are or how not effective they are, you should absolutely do everything in your power to be healthier, be smarter about what you what you consume, um, exercise a little bit more you know, all the little things that's going to help out in life in general, pandemic or not, right? No, that's it for sure. Um, I think that's part of a, a, a cultural shift that we're in, right? You know, that um, life expectancy has been going um, the the wrong way for like the first time since World War II, right? And, and not just because of COVID, right? We've talked about the death of despair and uh, things like that. And um, if you listen to uh, demographers, like people like uh, who wrote the book, for example, The Fourth Turning, they talk about how it's um, not medicine that makes life expectancy uh, go up and down. I mean, that's part of it, to be sure, but it's um, more about individual choices uh, that, a, that, a, that a person makes, right? And um, some of that is influenced, um, you know, by external factors, which is why generations um, have uh, attributes that you can apply to them uh, broadly, right? Like think about the, the opioid epidemic, for um, example, and, and how that's affected the uh, millennial generation. So, um, yes, uh, you see it go uh, one way. You see the life expectancy going down and then um, you know, uh, like a stock, it's going to reverberate the other way. And that's not going to be um, just because of the end of the virus. It's going to be uh, because uh, what you say, right? Uh, people taking this as a cue to live a healthier lifestyle, right? Um, you know, it's no secret that you know, pre-existing conditions uh, like obesity lead to worse outcomes for um, COVID infections. And so, um 
yeah, I think it was an eye opener for a lot of people, not just for uh, health, but for um, all sorts of stuff, which you just mentioned. So I won't run down the bulleted list again, but um, and we've mentioned this, too, is that, you know, COVID expedited things in a lot of ways because mm. it shed a lot, it shed a light on a lot of stuff. Like you just mentioned, criminal justice, uh, a financial system, et cetera, that, um, you know, we're still dealing with and are going to have to deal with. But um, optimistic for the uh, culmination of this. And, and hopefully we're going to start looking uh, back on this era sooner than later. Speaking of government and criminal justice, um, a couple of interesting developments this week. The first one, of course, Galene Maxwell, right? Um, guilty on five of six counts of basically being a pimp for Jeffrey Epstein. So good. First off, put her under the prison, right? That's a nasty, nasty, nasty um, set of circumstances that led to the, the abuse of many, many, many young girls. So put her under the prison. Zero sympathy for her. Enjoy the menu, babe. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if Prince Andrew is implicated. It's going to be interesting to see if any men are indicted and brought to justice in trial. It's interesting to me that very quietly, very quietly, prosecutors drop the case against the two jail guards who failed to do their job when Jeffrey Epstein allegedly killed himself, right? And so they 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 made the decision, the, the federal prosecutors did on December the 13th, and they just made that public today, December the 30th. And so again, I, are any men going to be held accountable for any of this? And I'm not trying to make this, you know, a feminist statement or a male versus female. It's just a trend that I can't help but ignore in this case where Epstein allegedly killed, killed himself. So he didn't really see, you know, judicial justice in that sense. Um, the system clearly failed in making sure that he was brought to account legally. And now the people that were responsible directly for that failure apparently are just being let off. Case dropped. So curious to see what comes from that. I'm curious to see if Prince Andrew is implicated because they seem to have, you know, he, he's the one that seems to be the most exposed at, at, at the moment. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Just thinking out loud. Any man going to get indicted? Anybody else? Two, one died and then this lady and that's it? On an on a international sex trafficking ring of minors? Uh. Yeah, I mean, like I say about the conspiracies uh, playing out, right? I mean, uh, curious timing, right, with the Christmas verdict and then the, the New Year's release of the uh, jailer's info that um, you just mentioned and um, you know, curious that the prosecutors, you know, when interviewing the, the witnesses, you know, about the uh, high profile uh, people at the parties never, you know, ask for any names. Right. Like, who were these high profile associates <laughs> and friends that were that were at these parties? Right. They're just high profile associates. And so um, it's clear as day that um, lots of um, folks that are deep pocketed and uh, well-connected don't want this to go any further. Um, and that was clear back in the, uh, the Florida case that got squashed. Right. Mm. And so, um, the only way that you're going to get, um, 
you know, real justice, well, maybe not even real justice, but confirmation is, you know, if Miss Maxwell decides to talk, her body language didn't seem like she wanted to. She was calm and collected, poured herself a glass of water after the verdict was read and conferred with her uh, lawyer, made sure she could get a booster shot and then, you know, walked away. And so um, is she going to sing? I don't know. Does she contemplate um that being a, a death sentence versus uh, 65 years or whatever it is. And so um, I'm not sure. I, you know, I think the world knows uh, who is at, um, you know, or who was involved in this. And I think that it's also, um, you know, one of the reasons there's so much room for, um, well, first of all, that there's so much angst, I think, uh, among the populace. It's not just the virus, right? It's that, um, on a deeper level, right? Um, you know, you're being told things and, and, and told that you can't question it uh, when the, the very uh, guidance and, and, and people who are telling you the things that you're not allowed to question, you know, are involved in things like international child sex rings, right? That are being covered up. And so um, it's tough to, uh, you know, take that, uh, seriously, uh, when you're, a, when you're a citizen. And so, uh, the problem is what's the, what's the escape mechanism, right? Mm. And, um, and so that's when you talk about all these larger themes, right? Decentralization, the, uh, metaverse and, and stuff like that, um, uh, otherwise, it gets kind of kind of bleak, right? Because uh, what is like the global reset just gonna uh, be here, and 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 that's gonna be that. So um, uh, anyway, yeah, we'll see what Miss Maxwell is is gonna do, but um, certainly not a lot of effort from uh, your good old government to to get to the true root of the matter here. Interesting stuff for sure. Let's get into some awards, Nick. It's it's year end, beginning of the new year here for people once they listen to this. Let's dive right into it. Let's go with CEO of the year. You want to start off? Oh, man, I need to, to look at my notes and I don't know what I did with them. Um, but no, I know who the answer is, at least uh, as I thought about it. But first, some caveats. Um, I am in no way qualified to give out these awards, first of all. Same, um, same. <laughs> made all this shit up, everyone. Second of all, um, I'm going from <laughs> a, a relatively small nexus because I'm looking primarily at um, things that I own. And so, um, you know, I don't intend to exclude anybody <laughs> or, or anything like that. So anyway, it is what it is. And then lastly, I'm sure there'll be multiple answers and uh weasels as they call them uh out so uh with that uh what did you ask me who is the the ceo of the year well your ceo um, of the year yes sir i you know i'm gonna give you an executive i guess and um i i i wasn't sure how to quantify this right because do you look at execution or do you look at mm. um stock price performance or do you look at um, you know, value unlocking or whatever it is. And so, um, I decided to look at price performance, right? Who's, whose company or companies, uh, had good years, um, given the, the current conditions. And uh, Warwick Smith, uh, is, is mm. who came to mind. And so, and he's not, uh, necessarily a, a CEO of, of multiple companies. 
um, uh, but he is a management and or uh, board of, of uh, a few, including uh, American Pacific and um, at least in, a, in, in, in the backroom sort of way, Silver Hammer, both of which have done fantastic. Yes, know, they have. And American Pacific chart or a Silver Hammer chart. And so, um, and it's not necessarily uh, because of the uh, just the rocks or just the execution. It's a combination of all that, right? Um, capital markets, marketing, and, and stuff like that. And so anyway, uh, War, Warwick was was the one who floated to the top for me. I like it. I got to go with Cucho Copper CEO Vince Siracci. This is a guy who has, I mean, if you want to talk execution, he has delivered a new feasibility study with great numbers. Um, he's bought back the royalty and terminated the offtake on that project. He raised millions of dollars for the project. Um, I could go on and on, but you know, the, the, the year that Vince had compared to the year that Vince had last year when I couldn't convince anyone to buy the stock at 13, 14, 15 cents, right? Because we all knew it was a great project and we all knew he would be busy negotiating. The market simply wasn't there for him, but he took, you know, he took what was a very, very, very tough situation and turned it around and look, took that stock from 13, 14, 15 cents to a high of 114. And I actually believe 2022 is the year that we see Cucho Copper taken out. And it wouldn't surprise me to see a $253 price tag on that 83 cent stock right now. So mine will be Vince Sirachi. Kudos to him. Good stuff. That company might come up again. There you go. You mentioned uh, caveats. By the way, everybody, there are no real awards. Don't expect anything in the mail. <laughs> so not only are, is there no criteria, there actually isn't an award. So Vince, if you're listening, um, it, it's not coming, buddy, but I'll buy you a drink the next time I see you. Um, it's let, in the metaverse. It's, it's, it's in the metaverse. We're going to keep it in the metaverse for you. Um, let's go with comeback stock of the year. Um, yeah. Comeback stock of the year. And then again, it's all subjective. We're making this up. So you base it on whatever you feel like basing it on. And I'll tell you what I based it on on my end of it, Nick. Well, I'll give you two because the ah. first one is Cucho Copper. The first one is Cucho Copper. And you already mentioned it. Um, and I, I thought about bids for the previous award too. Um, but look, I mean, the, the shares bottomed out uh, right in the, in the early part of the year. If I uh, had to bring up a chart, like you say, uh, recommending it down around uh, 20 or 20 some cents. And then I'm literally, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, starting the 2021 at the 24, 25 cent level and running to um, over a dollar, um, you know, after a, a bit of a rough patch for a year or two. So, you know, able to get the, the feasibility done, take care of the uh, royalty, uh, start, you know, looking towards uh, financing and, and getting this thing taken care of. So, a turnaround in that respect and then to step away from the um the resources for a bit uh, i was looking at visibility because that mm. had a really rough go of it as well and it's one i've mentioned on this podcast uh, <laughs> a couple of times so um you know was able to secure a, a couple of good deals um distributing their their facial recognition mm. technology with uh InBev, essentially an international 
uh, <laughs> beverage beer, beer distributor. And so um, shares were as low as 43 cents this summer and then ran to two bucks yep. by fall. And yep. so uh, that's a bit of a turnaround there. Little bit. Um, I'm going to go with Uranium Energy Corp, UEC. Again, a stock that a little over a year ago, I couldn't convince people to pay 53, 54 cents for it. And it ran as high as 579 this year. So, you know, we joked last year that IR person of the year could be Amir Adnani any year. But listen, jokes aside, he has executed for shareholders brilliantly and you know the 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 turnaround um for UBC obviously obviously you know a part of that is due to better sentiment in the uranium space but again be absolutely clear him and that team positioned shareholders to 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 enjoy you know those types of gains tenfold gains um from the lows during that bear market and so you know the execution has been brilliant um, during the bear market, I there, there there's few things as fun as seeing Amir get a bull market, whether it's in gold or uranium, because he knows how to unlock shareholder value. And I'm looking forward to seeing him work here the next few years. So my comeback stock of the year has to be UEC. It's a good one. All right, let's get on to one that is actually um, it's a dichotomy for me. It's my one of my favorite stocks, but it was also my most disappointing stock of the year. Can you guess what it is, Nick? Um, and it did have a bad year. I just think it should be so much higher. So I was disappointed. Oh, Magna, that probably. You got it. You know me. Absolutely. All Arturo Bonilla, the CEO, did was everything he said he was going to do. He brought in new assets. He started drilling those out. We're expecting drill results soon. He took the San Francisco mine, bought it for six, seven million dollars, turned it around. Is generating, is producing fifty to sixty thousand ounces a year. It's going to generate over fifty to sixty million in cash flow next year. Free cash flow next year. Um, you know, he's, he's got a, a, a PEA coming on another project and here we are. If I pull a chart up of Magna Gold, if I do a one year chart, we're actually lower than we were a year ago, um, with a market cap sub 70 million Canadians. So it's an opportunity for me, uh, to buy and it's an opportunity for you all to buy because again, if $1,800 gold is the new floor, Magna is going to be extremely profitable for a long time. And again, do not underestimate Mr. Bonilla's ability to bring in other assets and or expand the underground potential of the San Francisco mine. But I have to say for me, it is the most disappointing stock of the year because I think it should trade at multiples of where it sits today. I think it should be a 2 to $3 stock. No, I have to agree with you. And um Yes, with gold uh, improving here, we'll see, uh, obviously improving um, the financials from the company. He's done a fantastic job turning the mine around. So, um, yeah, um, an improved macro uh, picture would, would certainly, I think, help that uh, stock. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Nick? I mean, um, I could give you a few. Uh, Midas or Perpetua, obviously, mm. highly Highly disappointing, uh, you know, didn't get the uh, permit. It went from, I think, something like $14 Canadian down to uh, four. Let me pull up the charges to be right. Yeah, that's that's about right to low five, not four. But yep, from, from $14 earlier this year. And so um, 
that's probably the the most disappointing one, I guess, for me. Um, you know, that was a long waiting period for um, uh, a letdown it to be extended again. And then um, not just the permitting, but uh, Mr. Paulson coming in and deciding to flex amid a divorce, I don't think helped the, the, the company one bit. Um, uh, and then, of course, the, the management shakeup. Um, uh, was disappointing for me because it's people that you grow uh, accustomed to and that you, you grow to to like in this business. So uh, that was pretty disappointing for me. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. I mean, we're long-term supporters of the stock and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That would be a close number two for me. I don't think it's a coincidence that you know, once Mr. Quinn stepped down and, and, and kudos to Laurel Sayer, who's, who's current CEO, she's been there, you know, she was there while Steven was there, but you know, I, 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 I think Steven navigated, um, the capital markets and the development of that project beautifully during very tough times. And it was absolutely disappointing uh, to me as a shareholder to see the exit and the restructuring as, the Paulson Group called it, of the management team. Again, that is no shade to Miss Sayer, who I'm a fan of and I think is doing a great job in her own respects. And I think she's the right person for the project right now. But I think there has been a failure to communicate that story better during the quiet time. I think it's only been focused on the environmental side of it, which I completely understand because they're going through permitting. But I think, uh, you know, I think people have forgotten that this is nearly a 7 million ounce high margin deposit or deposits to Sibnight project um, that likely has over 10. And some people speculate maybe up to 20 million ounces on the property, because if you've been there and Nick and I have, you can clearly see where, you know, you're probably going to find another couple of million ounces um, on trend on, 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 on the other side of that, of that, of that mountain there. So yeah, uh, Perpetua, formerly Midas. uh, Yeah. Disappointed for sure. What's next? Best IR person. It's Amir all the time. <laughs> Amir <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, for me, yeah. I mean, you know, four companies, you know, you can give them the, the CEO award too. And, and, but it's, it's really um, investor relations and, and corporate development, I guess I would tack on there, right? I mean, spinning out two companies from uh, his original two this year, now having uranium royalty and... Uh, gold royalty and communicating that uh, not just to the market, but um, you know, marketing uh, folks like uh, us and, and and other mouthpieces and and doing so effectively. So um, and not just to the market via interviews, but uh, updating on an individual basis. So um, he gets the award from me. I like it. I'm 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 going to go with you as well, Amir. Your three awards are in the metaverse. We'll hold them for you. <laughs> there you go. Top stock for 2022. The criteria here, Nick, is not execution. The stock that will go up the most percentage-wise in 2022. One or two. The stock that will go up the most percentage-wise in 2022 is... I feel like I need a drum roll. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh, God, it's so tough. Uh, Palomino. Mm, 
That's interesting. Uh, for those not familiar, Palomina is a Peruvian explorer, Peru-based explorer, um, with multiple district-scale projects. Assays are pending. We expect those in January or February. It recently completed a drill program, hence the reason that assays are pending. It's drilling a project in Peru that is very prospective for near-surface oxide potential, very unexplored area. And again, like Amir, um, Andrew did a brilliant job. Andrew Thompson, the CEO of supporting his stock and positioning shareholders well for 2022 by consolidating these, you know, district scale uh, projects for now with, with, you know, exposure to a fifth. And so, yeah, no, I, 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 I like that one. My, uh, my pick is actually a Peru Explorer as well. It's going to be Hannon Metals. Sure. I think, um, look, I, I, I wrote it to subscribers here a few days ago. I think Hannon not only has the potential to, to, to provide, you know, tenfold returns, it, it might be one of those that provides 20-fold returns in 2022. And I know that's a hell of a prediction and a great way to make a fool of myself if, if it doesn't work out. But look, they have a basin scale project that unfortunately wasn't allowed to be drilled this year because of all the delays with COVID. But what it did allow the company to do was go out there and do some very diligent field work across this basin. It secured a $35 million joint venture with Jogmec. Um, that $35 million joint venture spread out over five years, where in year two now um, is, 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 is basically just a third of the land holdings, Hannon being a top 10 landholder in Peru. So, you know, two thirds of that basin um, is, is, is all Hannon's. And so... Yeah, I think Hannon is going to have itself a hell of a 2022. I am excited to see drills turning in the second quarter, hopefully, of 2022. So Hannon Metals is my top stock for 2022. It was short on the list as well. You know, there's a number of stocks uh, we could mention here, but, you know, we won't for subscribers' sake. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be a good year for, for Hannon as well. Agreed. I'm excited for 2022, everyone. I think whether it's lithium or uranium or copper or gold and even silver, gold's bipolar side piece. Um, I think I think we're in for a hell of a 2022. Nick, I think I found the headline of the year on the on, on the last uh, podcast that that we're doing here in 2021. Let me have it. Man allegedly planned to attack White House with an AR-15 and a hit list from TikTok. How'd he get the hit list? <laughs> From TikTok. <laughs> a California man was arrested in Iowa. He wasn't playing, by the way. He had an assault rifle, had a vest, and body armor last week, and told investigators he was putting together a list of evil individuals he wanted to kill. The list included former presidents Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, <laughs> Dr. Fauci, and Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. Um, the gentleman, 25 years old, left his home near Sacramento around December 18th. He was pulled over three days later in Iowa, 26 hours and more than 1,700 miles away for driving aggressively, weaving in and out of traffic and speeding on an interstate. And so when they pulled him over, um, 
he allegedly told officers that he was going to D.C. to take pictures of the White House and that he was traveling to see things because it is known, unknown how long he has here on Earth. He then voiced his disapproval for government due to the sex abuse of children, some of which has occurred by President Joe Biden, according to this guy. When they searched his car, they found an AR-15, they found loaded magazines, they found boxes of ammunition, and not just one vest, he had several items of body armor and medical kits just in case. He went on during the interview to say that he was told by God to combat the evil demons in the White House and that it was necessary for him to kill those positions, those people in positions of power. So... That is a hell of a headline, and I thought it really kind of encapsulated just what a fucking bizarro year 2021 was. It's, I think, a great way to end it. Any thoughts there, Nick? Anything else you want to get off your chest? I mean, I can sort of see where he's coming from in some respects, <laughs> but I'm not advocating for driving across country with an assault rifle uh, oh, from TikTok, but we talk about, I mean, we were just talking about no accountability and no justice for our leaders and they're lying to us. And so I'm not you know, surprised that uh, some people out there want to take matters into their own hands, right? I mean, he, specific, he specifically mentioned the child sexual abuse, right? I mean, um, you know. <laughs> do you want do you want to see what his uh, notes on his notes app were? <laughs> do you want me to sure. tell them to you? <laughs> so you know, you know, you, every morning I wake up, I make my list out, or I usually have it, you know, written out the night before uh, what I want to get done the next day, right? And start checking things off. So here is his list, right? <laughs> Rifle pickup check. <laughs> Silencer order. Check. <laughs> this next one's my favorite one. Save USA. <laughs> that one was pending. <laughs> All you need to write for a silencer. <laughs> you can save America. <laughs> ah, he said he compelled. I don't think you can just get a silencer either. I mean, maybe he ordered it, but you can't just. I mean, that's like a weight thing. Oh, God. He, uh, he, he compiled the hit list using 100 videos downloaded from TikTok, and then he also had a drawing of the White House grounds, um, along with what he viewed as a weak spot in the White House's security. <laughs> then he told the Secret Service agents, Nick, that if he was released, he would continue driving towards the White House to execute the plan. <laughs> I kind of like this guy. <laughs> Anyhow, I hope he gets the help that he needs. 2021 was a hell of a year, everybody. I wish everybody nothing but the best in 2022. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you for all the comments and the suggestions. Um, that's all I got, Nick. Anything else on your end? No, ready to get into uh, next year for sure. I hope everyone has a, a safe and happy uh, new year and uh, is ready to, to get back into it in a big way. Let's get it. I'm Gerardo Del Real along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 150 of Bizarro World. CEOs and IR people, your prizes will be in the metaverse. Say bye, Nick. See ya. End quote. <laughs>